And they'll reset. Nowitzki again for the lead. Bang! Mavs fans, what's going on? Welcome into the All Things Mavs podcast. Fresh. The 124-73 win over the Los Angeles Clippers. The Dallas Mavericks get their first win of the 2020-2021 regular season. I'm your host, as always, Jimmy Crowther, breaking down all the latest news, rumors, and uh, today, the latest win for your Dallas Mavericks. If you're not following me on Twitter yet, go ahead and give me a follow at all underscore things underscore Mavs or my personal account at Jimmy underscore Crowther. This is your home for the All Things Mavs podcast. Uh, you can find me on YouTube, on Apple Podcasts, Google, whatever you guys listen to your podcasts on. Go ahead and give me a follow. Subscribe if you haven't already to the new channel. But guys, I mean, I'm going to be honest with you. There isn't a whole lot to talk about from today's game because it was just so darn good. But I'm going to break down as much as I can. And we're really just going to get into it and talk about what an amazing start to the season. You know, I, I throw those first two games out. Okay, this was the start of the Dallas Mavericks season. This was the game that set the tone for a team that expects to be a playoff contender as they just dominate the Los Angeles Clippers. Now, quick little you know side note here. Kawhi Leonard and Marcus Morris both did not play for the Los Angeles Clippers. And, you know, look, even if they both had played, maybe this is a 25-point win instead of a 50-point win. But let's not forget, the Dallas Mavericks still don't have Kristaps Porzingis, okay? He still didn't play. Probably not going to play until January. And if the Mavericks can play like they did tonight, or I guess this afternoon, uh, like <laughs> like this without him, then you know he can afford to take a little bit more time off and afford to rest. But let's get into it. Let me go ahead and break down the box score for you real quick, just what the Dallas Mavericks looked like, because everyone played. Everybody. Only two people that did not play, I guess three, two being the two-way guys, Tyler Bay and Nate Hinton, and then obviously Christoph Porzingis did not play because of meniscus surgery as he continues to recover from that. Luka Doncic, 24 points, 9 rebounds, 8 assists. You're like, ho-hum, not a great game. Yeah, that was in 26 minutes, okay? A plus 29 in the box score for the third-year MVP favorite. Josh Richardson, what an amazing game by Josh Richardson. 21 points, 3 rebounds, 2 assists, shot 4 of 8 from 3. That is the preseason Josh Richardson that we saw, and he came out once again in this game, plus 22. Also, some really, really good defense all across the board against uh, Patrick, or excuse me, Paul George, even a little bit on Luke Kennard. PG only scored 15 points on 4 of 13 shooting, thanks in large part to Josh Richardson's stellar play. This was the Tim Hardaway Jr. that we were used to near the end of last year as he had 18 points. Uh, 23 minutes, 7 of 14 from the field, 4 of 8 from 3 as well. Also, 5 rebounds, 2 assists, and 2 steals. He had a couple really nice steals where he leaked out in transition and just looked like an explosive third option uh, on a team where he'll probably be asked to be the fourth option when Chris Porzingis comes back. Now, those were the three highest scores, and nobody really else came, really, excuse me, nobody really uh, came close outside of those three, but Jalen Brunson did have a nice redemption game. I know we were pretty tough on him on Twitter against the Lakers, which, by the way, yes, no, I did not have a podcast for that game, but, hey, it was Christmas Day. Um, shout out to the Lockdown Boys for putting out a podcast on Christmas Day. But Jalen Brunson, 11 points, 2 rebounds, 3 assists, no turnovers in this game, 4 of 6 from the field, 1 of 3 from 3, 2 of 2 from the free throw line, 9 points and 6 rebounds along with 2 assists and a blocked shot for my boy. And the best plus minus in the game at an unparalleled plus 31 for Willie Cauley-Stein. Willie Cauley-Stein is getting real minutes now. He came in in the second quarter, immediately made a difference. Not that there was much of a difference being need being needed because the Mavs were up 36-13 to 13 after one. Uh, but 
still. He came in, he did his thing, he blocked shots, he ran to the rim well, he had a couple really nice dunks. Uh, Willie Cauley-Stein just deserves all the minutes, and we'll talk more about that in here in just a minute, but we're not going to talk about that every time because we could talk about this center position really every single podcast if we wanted to. Rest of the guys in the box score, nobody else really noticeable here, but Dorian Finney-Smith, 8 points, 2 of 4 from 3. Uh, Dwight Powell, the other, the fifth starter, 4 points, 4 rebounds. Six points for Wessel Wundu in his first real time as a Maverick. Five points and five rebounds for Maxi Kleba. Five points, eight rebounds, three assists, two steals for James Johnson. Another guy that deserves real minutes on this team. Four points, five rebounds in just ten minutes for Boban Marjanovic. Four points for the rookie and Josh Green. Also had two rebounds, two assists. Played some good defense in his limited time. Uh, Tyrell Terry did not score in his nine minutes. And five points, two rebounds for Trey Burke. Did I leave anybody off? I don't believe I did. 124 to 73. Let me say that again, just, just to make sure you guys didn't miss that. The Mavs scored 124 points and held the Clippers to 13 points. Or, excuse me, 73 points. 13 points in the first quarter alone. Luka Doncic had 13 points in the first quarter. Josh Richardson had 13 points in the first quarter. The entire LA Clipper team had 13 points in the first quarter. Everything about that game was something that the Mavericks desperately needed. They came in. They got embarrassed on Christmas Day by the best team in the league in the Los Angeles Lakers. They lost a game to the Phoenix Suns that, in all honesty, they had a chance to win but blew it a couple times. And they came out with a sense of urgency and they beat the brakes off of the Los Angeles Clippers, who even despite not having Kawhi Leonard and Marcus Morris are a good team. Okay? And it doesn't matter because there's no reason, except for a phenomenal play by the other team, that any team should ever lose by 50-plus to a, another NBA basketball team. A 51-point victory. Let me read you some of the, some of the notes that uh, Mavs PR put out, and I just want to read a couple from you for you just so you can kind of get some context about just how good this game was. The Mavericks led the Clippers by 50 at halftime. 50 at halftime, which set a new franchise record and... Not just franchise, an NBA record. The most, the highest, the biggest halftime lead by any team ever. 50 points by the Dallas Mavericks. Second largest was 47 points uh, by the Warriors back in 1991. Um, the previous franchise record was a uh, 44-point lead versus the Philadelphia 76ers back in 2014. Um, and the Mavericks ended up winning their game by 53, not 51, which is their largest win in franchise history and the Clippers' largest loss in franchise history. After holding the Clippers just 27 points in the first half, the Mavericks became the first team to hold a team to 27 or fewer points in the opening frame in over three seasons. The last instance was the Boston Celtics holding the Chicago Bulls to 26 points in 2017. Back in the first quarter, when the Dallas Mavericks were playing, as I mentioned, Luka Doncic and Josh Richardson both had 13 points, and that marks the first time in the past 20 years 20 years that the Mavs have had two players score 13 or more in the first quarter. And it wasn't Luka and KP. It was Luka Doncic and Josh Richardson. Such an awesome game by the Mavs. And you can say, again, you can say what you want about, you know, no Kawhi Leonard, no Marcus Morris. Maybe this win doesn't mean as much because they weren't out there. It means, actually, you know what? It means just as much to me. Look, in the Western Conference, you're going to take any W that you can get. 
And if that means the best player on the team doesn't play, so what? You take the win and you run. Especially right now when the Dallas Mavericks are kind of down. You know, they had a terrible rebounding night. Tonight they came out. Let me see the, the how they won the rebounding battle because I know they won it. So they out-rebounded the Clippers 54-36. to 54-36. You don't think... You think Rick Carlisle was in that locker room and you... I mean you know he was giving them a piece of his mind about the rebounding because they got dominated on the boards by the Los Angeles Clippers and or by the Lakers in Christmas Day, and now they come out and they out-rebound a Clipper team that's a good rebounding team with Zubats and Serge Ibaka and even you know Paul George is a good rebounder as well. And they out-rebound them 54-36. to They also had 11 offensive boards compared to just 5 by the Los Angeles Clippers. Uh, they had 25 assists. The Clippers only had 13. I mean... Just such a well-rounded game by the Dallas Mavericks. And I have so many good things that I want to take away from this game. But ultimately, this is just a team win that was so badly needed. You know, a lot of Mavs fans were really down. I get it. You know, people were starting to hit panic mode. And honestly, had we lost this game, even if it was a close loss, without Kawhi and Marcus Morris, I probably would have hit the panic button too. Because three straight losses to open up the season and, you know, one of them being really, really inexcusable of how bad you lost by the Los Angeles Lakers... I would have freaked out, but that wasn't the case. The Dallas Mavericks came out with a sense of urgency. They had the emotional edge, the emotional advantage over the Los Angeles Clippers, and they did everything they need to do to really just, again, win a game and step on their throats, a team that I can't stand personally. And I'm so, so happy with this. I think this is the start of the Dallas Mavericks season. I think this is a way that the Mavs can officially get some you know jet fuel into them after a really slow start to the year and, you know, a really efficient game by Luka Doncic, who we've seen Nick, you know, my boy Nick Engstead actually tweeted out how bad the Mavs offense was with him on the court. It hasn't been good. And tonight it was, it was perfect. I mean, it was, it was, he couldn't mess up. I mean, there was nothing he could do wrong. Uh, So, you know, you come out with a 124-73 victory over the Clippers who are expected to be top two in the Western Conference. Next game on Wednesday, December 30th, they play against the Charlotte Hornets. That is a very winnable game. So stringing together two wins, over, you know, after two straight losses to open the year is going to be huge. And then before we know it, Christos Porzingis is going to be back, and this is going to be a completely revamped team. Uh, some of the quotes are starting to come out in the post-game press conferences, and here's what Luke actually had to say. He said, people judged us off of the first two games of the season. It's a long season. We've got to keep going like this. And I agree, man. Listen, I get it. I, I understand that people were upset about losing those games. I understand that people thought this was a tough or a, a weak-minded team based on the way they played those first two games. But this shows the exact opposite. To be able to come out and not be flat after losing two terrible games and just dominate because you knew you had to is literally the best thing. And honestly, the Mavs have always been sluggish in afternoon games, but not today. Today they were uh, today they were ready to go. Uh, Brad Townsend asked Tim Hardaway if there was a measure of revenge on the Mavs' mind uh, after that you know tough loss last year in the playoffs, and Tim said, "I'd be lying if I sat here and told you." There wasn't some of that. And I love that. You know, I, I think for a, a young team like the Dallas Mavericks, to be able to go up against the Los Angeles Clippers team that you lost to in the playoffs and still have that, you know, sour taste in your mouth, use that to your advantage. And look, God forbid the Mavs go up against a fully healthy Los Angeles Clippers team again in the playoffs. I hope that taste is still in their mouth. And I hope they're ready to come for blood and play even harder this next time around because there is nothing, there's no reason. This Dallas Maverick team can't beat the Clippers even when fully healthy because if the Mavs are fully healthy and the Clippers are fully healthy, 
I think the Mavs match up really, really well against the Clippers. You know, we saw some great defense today by Dorian Finney-Smith and Josh Richardson. I mean, great defense all around. It's hard to just say anybody in particular played better defense than anyone else because the Clippers literally scored 73 points. But to be able to do that on a consistent basis when Kawhi's back, Mark Morris is back, and even when Chris Alvarez is back, and, you know, your perimeter defense might take a little bit of a hit because, you know, you're probably not playing Dorian Finney-Smith or maybe you're not playing Dwight Powell when KP comes back. But listen, man. I'm so proud of this team, and, and I think it means so much to the fans to be able to see that uh, mental toughness come out and know that, you know, if they lose, if they have a couple bad losses, this team's going to be all right, and they have the mental edge to come back and have a great game just like this. I, I think another really encouraging thing about this game, and we'll kind of get into a few things. I mean, I don't want to do, I know with the first loss of the season against the Phoenix Suns, I did three things I liked and three things I disliked. Honestly, I couldn't come up with three things I didn't like about this game. Uh, I could come up with a million things that I did like, so I'm just going to kind of point them out, just kind of on the fly, just honestly off the top of the head. I had no real plan going into this podcast. Honestly, I wasn't planning on doing a real podcast until the new year came around, but with a win like this, how could I not? Uh, one thing that was really encouraging was Josh Richardson's playmaking ability. For him to be able to get to the rim, you know, he, there were a couple plays that I saw him take guys off the dribble and finish well around the rim. He has such a nice little mid-range floater that the Mavs have desperately wanted for so long. His three-point shot looked so, so smooth. He even made a couple really tough contested ones, but also knocked down the two that he was expected to hit. Um, and I think that's just something that Mavs fans freaked out, uh, freaked out a little bit after the first two games. They were like, man... Why did we trade Seth Curry? Why, you know, why would we trade him if Josh Richardson's only going to shoot, you know, thirty percent? Well, tonight he shoots fifty percent, and I think this is the Josh Richardson we can expect every single night. It's another thing I really liked, look, getting Tim Hardaway Jr. back on track was huge. Definitely took a couple shots that were probably ill-advised, but fifty percent from three and fifty percent from the field—you can't ask much better than that from your right now third option and probably once KP gets back, your fourth option on the team. Uh, 18 points, four of eight from the field, as I mentioned earlier, or from three, as I mentioned earlier, like that's the perfect version of Tim Hardaway Jr. And also I saw some defensive aggressiveness out of him. He's an, you know, he's a try hard defender. He's limited because he's smaller than most two guards, but he is a try hard defender. And that's all you can ask out of him. Uh, third thing I loved Willie Cauley Stein. I know I talked about it earlier, but this guy, he deserves more minutes than Dwight Powell at this point in my mind. Uh, and again, I could talk about this all day, but it, it should be, the, the front court should primarily be a rotation of Dorian Finney-Smith, Maxi Kleba, and Willie Cauley-Stein. And then sprinkle in your Dwight Powell and James Johnson minutes. But, that brings me to my fourth point. I loved what I saw out of James Johnson. This guy is, I believe, and Nick Nick Ang said, again, I know I keep referencing him, I swear I don't have a man crush on Nick, but um, this guy is the second best passer on the Dallas Mavericks. That's what, that's what Nick said, and I agree with him. I mean, three assists, and he finds guys open all the time, and he likes to pass. That's the thing. There's these guys that are good passers, but are sometimes reluctant passers. Like, there's sometimes that Luka takes some shots where he could probably find a better pass. James Johnson never takes a shot out of turn. Now, he was one of six from the field. He knocked down a three. That was great. Two free throws. Didn't shoot it well, but it doesn't matter because he playmade. He was making being a playmaker for the third-string guys and the second-string guys, and he played some good defense as well. I'm all in on the James Johnson hype train. I think he is the perfect fit on this team. And I think, you know, he played 20 minutes tonight. I think you'll see his minutes closer to 12 to 15 uh, throughout the season. But, look, if I'm Rick Carlisle, and I know I'm not, and by the way, I don't usually question Rick Carlisle. I am a Rick Carlisle truther. But when it comes to Dwight Powell, I disagree with where he's at right now. I think James Johnson should play even or, or more minutes than Dwight Powell at this point. 
because he just brings more to the floor than Dwight Powell does. He's smaller, but he's probably stronger than Dwight Powell, in all honesty. I mean, he just is. So, I'm all in on James Johnson. I love what I saw out of Kali Stein. Uh, also, Josh Green, you know, he played 12 minutes as a rookie and came in, scored a couple of good buckets. He's a good slasher, and man, he's such a good defender. He's a try-hard defender all the time, um, and I'm all for that. If you try hard on defense and you're aggressive enough, I will give you as many minutes as you want. So, I love what I saw to him. Uh, Luca. <laughs> Kid's so special. Still can't hit a three right now. He was 0-5 tonight. I believe that makes him like, I don't. I think off the top of my head, I think he's like 2 of 21 for the season, which is not good at all. Um, but, you know, he's getting to the rim, and he's scoring, and he rebounded the heck out of the ball. He led the team in rebounds at 9 tonight, and he played uh, 26 minutes. <laughs> so, James Johnson was right behind him with 8. Uh, again, Willie Colley-Stein was 6. But, this should be a turning point. And I know it's the third game of the season and usually turning points in the season don't come until like halfway through, but this should be a turning point and a rude awakening for the rest of the NBA that this Dallas Maverick team can go up against anybody, even without Kristaps Porzingis. Cause I think this is the team you're going to get for the rest of the season, a team that rebounds hard, a team that plays defense hard and a team that plays for each other. That's the biggest thing too. This Maverick team plays for each other. They have fun. Chemistry matters. That's why you know, I saw people throwing out the James Harden idea, and I, I know I'm kind of getting off on a tangent here, but saw people throwing off the, the, the James Harden idea, throwing in, you know, let's go get this guy, this guy. I'm all for a good trade, but guys that are going to come in and ruin chemistry, especially with a team that plays so well together, I mean, I'd rather have a team that enjoys playing together and they're good than, you know, going out and getting an all-star like a James Harden that can't figure out how to play with his teammates or figure out how to play for the for the coach, you know? So this is a team that genuinely enjoys each other. They genuinely cheer and play for each other, uh, and I absolutely love that. So really, really encouraged with this Mavericks win. We got another game again Wednesday, December 30th against the Charlotte Hornets, and then New Year's Day against the Miami Heat. And uh, that New Year's Day matchup, I'm going to have something pretty special for you guys on YouTube. Uh, right now, you guys know I'm just doing the audio podcasts, obviously, on YouTube, and then putting them on Spotify and uh, Stitcher and Apple Podcasts as well, as I mentioned at the top of the show, but... Whenever we get New Year's rolling around, starting in 2021, I'm going to be bringing back video podcasts where I'm going to be doing all my things on video, which you can get exclusively on YouTube. Uh, I think it just adds a fun element and it makes it more, you know, you guys get to know me a little bit better and actually get to see me. And, you know, I'll probably do some reactionary videos as well where I'm, you know, watching the game, doing some live videos, I hope as well. I got a, a brand new camera and some nice lighting equipment where I can set it all up at my house and just do a whole thing for you guys. Um, trying to take this All Things Mavs YouTube channel to the next level. And I appreciate all y'all that have already subscribed. We're well on our way to 500 and the channel started like, what, five days ago, basically? Uh, maybe less than a week ago. I don't even know what it is at this point. But appreciate all y'all that are riding with me in all things Mavs. It's grown a ton. Um, you guys are awesome. And I cannot tell you how much I appreciate it. You know, I've been a Mavs fan for my entire life. And to be able to talk about them and, you know, interact with millions of people around the world on a daily basis is so, so, so much fun. So appreciate you guys that are tuning in. If you're part of the End of the Pod squad, as always, you guys know what to do. Get in the comment section on YouTube. Let me know that you made it this far. And as always... Go Mavs, baby.